0: Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler, the pastor of Faith Christian Center. Thanks for tuning in today. We believe today's message is going to help you live this lifestyle of faith. It's going to empower you to live a life that makes Jesus famous wherever you go. Open up your heart. We know God has something special just for you. And we believe that as you listen to today's message, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up. I'll talk to you today at the end of our broadcast. So Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. Personalize it. Say, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Since he's your shepherd, he's your owner, he has a vested interest in you doing well. He's your shepherd. He, just like a physical shepherd wants his sheep and his flock to do well, your God wants you to do well. What type of shepherd wants their sheep to suffer? That doesn't make sense. Because one of the things about shepherds, you can say they're business people, right? Who wants their business to go down? Who wants their business to be eaten by wolves? Who wants their business to suffer? No, you want that business to do well. Your shepherd has a vested interest in you doing well. And because he's your shepherd, as we look at last week, it says, I shall not want. That phrase shall not want means shall not lack, shall not be without, shall not decrease, shall not be lacking and shall not have a need. So because the Lord is your shepherd, this is what he wants to accomplish in your life. So say, because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. I shall not be without. I shall not decrease. I shall not be lacking. I shall not have a need. So the shepherd desires to lead you to a place of no lack, a place where you will not have a need, a place where you do not decrease. And one of the things we said about sheep, it's such an appropriate comparison to us sometimes because sheep are prone to wander. Sometimes sheep can be hard-headed. Don't look at your neighbor, don't look at a family member or spouse, just look forward and no one knows, you may fit that description. Sheep have a tendency to sometimes group think or go do their own thing. So they may follow the crowd. It's like, you know what, the crowd's doing this. I'm going to go my own way, away from the crowd and away from the shepherd. Sheep are prone to wander. But I'm so thankful we have a good shepherd who's prone to chase. That although we wander and get ourselves in some mess, here's our shepherd trying to get us back to where we're supposed to be. So in life, we can find ourselves in mess or find ourselves in places where we're lacking or a place where Psalm 23 is not coming out in our life. And a lot of times if we trace it back, it's because we did some wandering. And sometimes we disguise our wandering with religious phrases. You know, I'm just going through. Well, maybe you would have gone through that if you didn't wander. How many extra dramas in our life is not because the enemy attacked Not because of life attack, it's just because we did something stupid. Anybody ever done something stupid before? (laughs) But our shepherd's so good, he brings us back to the place we're supposed to be. And sometimes it takes time. Because if you blew up your life for 20 years, you get mad at God because he didn't fix it in two seconds. Whoa. Sometimes it takes time to get you back to where you're supposed to be. You've wandered for several miles, and you want God to get you back in a couple feet. It takes time. But you have to keep following the shepherd. The more we follow the shepherd, the more we experience what he has for us. Because if God says, this is the spot, I'm pouring out the blessing, you can't be upset if you don't experience the blessing while you're standing over here. Well, I thought God was a good God. I thought he was going to bless me. I thought this was my year. Yes, it is. Take yourself back to the spot he told you to be. The more you wander, the less you'll receive. But the thing is, he's still good. So you'll still get splashes of blessing over here, splashes of mercy over here. Stuff will still work out, but you won't be receiving everything God has for you. Your life will be more or less blessed. It's not about how well you keep the law. It's about are you following so you can receive what the shepherd has for you? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. This word for here, lead or leadeth, means to lead, to give rest, to lead with care, to guide to a watering place or station, to cause to rest, to bring to a station or place of rest. It means to guide. It means to refresh. So this word lead here means to lead, to give rest, to lead with care, to guide to a watering place or station, to cause to rest, to bring to a station or place of rest, to guide, to refresh. See, we as Americans have a tendency to glorify the grind, to glorify the busyness. We fill our lives with stuff to do. We have to be productive. We have to do this, 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 this, and we should produce. The Bible does tell us to work. He says he'll bless the work of our hands. But what we have a tendency to do is not be balanced, and we don't find spots to rest. And we work ourselves into a position now our body is sick, or now we're mentally unhealthy. And so we have all these issues because we're not following the shepherd. And you wonder, well, if God's called me to do this, why doesn't he take me off this off my plate? Doesn't he have too much? No, maybe you don't have too much. Maybe you're just not doing it right. Maybe you're trying to do everything God called you to do without a shepherd. And that is insane. To try to fulfill your God-given call without God is a mess. It will overwhelm you. It will take you to an early grave. And then you show up in heaven, well, God, I died for the sake of the ministry. No, you died for the sake of your foolishness. Your shepherd has directions for you. So there's a way to fulfill everything God has for you and still get rest, still get a good night's sleep, still not be overwhelmed, still have good mental health, still have sound health in your body, but you have to follow your shepherd. He's leading you with care. He's guiding you to places of rest. Say, my shepherd is guiding me to places of rest. So that means in the midst of 2020, in the midst of this season, in the midst of what next year holds, that I can still have rest. That I don't have to be worn out. I don't have to be perplexed and distressed like the rest of the world. That I can be refreshed where everybody's looking panicked. When the whole year ages everybody, we look fresh. It's like, what happened to you? You look younger this year. I have a good shepherd. (laughs) It's about us following the shepherd and understanding spiritual maturity is not independence. Spiritual maturity is shown by dependence. See, in the natural, we love it when our kids grow a little bit more independent, when they can fix their own cereal clean up after their own messes. We like when they reach that level of independence. It shows that they're growing up. But spiritual maturity is shown by your dependence on God. Not just trying to do everything yourself, but checking in, hey, sir, how should I do this? Should I do this way? Is there a better way for me to do this? How should I handle that? That's spiritual maturity. That's following your shepherd. Also about following your shepherd, your You're following. You didn't get too far ahead. See, you can get farther ahead than what God wants you to do. You can be doing what God wants you to do, but doing it too soon. And so now you run into resistance that shouldn't have been there. It's because you got out ahead of God. So that means you need to stay and step with your shepherd and follow him. Walk with him. Be by his side and don't wander ahead of him. Say, He's my shepherd. Verse three. He restores my soul. Now, your soul, remember, you are a tripart being. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in this physical body. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a physical body. Your soul is your mind your will and it's the control center of your emotions your soul is your mind your will and the control center of your emotions and your shepherd wants to bring restoration to your mind wants to bring restoration to your will and wants to bring restoration to the control center of your emotions what it, what perfect timing for restoration of your mind what perfect timing for the restoration of your will what per timing for the restoration of the control center of your emotions. If any time for us to need restoration, this year was it. But notice your shepherd has restoration for your mind. So when you're just tired of dealing with people and you don't know how they could be that crazy, there's restoration for your mind. When you don't even want to do what's right or you're too tired to go forward, there's restoration for your will and even when you've gone through every single emotion possible in your physical being in five minutes and you're too numb to feel anything else there's a restoration for your emotions this is the ministry of the shepherd the ministry of the shepherd can be described as a ministry of restoration go to Luke chapter 4 verse 18 your shepherd has restoration for your soul say my shepherd has restoration for my soul. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Notice what Jesus says about himself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He has empowered me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recover a sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The word heal here means to cure and to make whole. The word heal means to cure and make whole. This word for broken means broken into shivers, crushed broke it into shivers, crushed. You know, the thing is, so if you're carrying this vase or this glass cup and you drop it and it shatters, you know, maybe you can put it together if it breaks in, you know, five pieces, eight pieces. Some of you like puzzles, 20 pieces. But if it shatters into splinters and shivers, you might as well just sweep that bad boy up and throw it away. It's like, it's not worth salvaging. It is not worth restoring because do you know the mental acrobat I would have to go through and put it back together again? Come on, even for those of you who like to do puzzles, you need a picture to look at. You need this blueprint. You need a no. And then you need all the glue. And then how in the world is it even worth it putting it back together again? But Jesus looks at your heart. Jesus looked at your soul and said, it's worth it. And he has the blueprints. He has the diagram. He has the picture of what your soul is supposed to look like before it was crushed and can put it back together again. But not just before something happened in your life, not just before you made a mistake, not just before life happened or Satan attacked. He knows what your soul is supposed to look like before Adam and Eve sinned. And he's restoring your soul to that condition if you follow the leading of your shepherd. He knows what it's supposed to look like. And although us on earth, like, it is impossible to do that, I don't have the time, the willpower, the energy, or even the desire to put all that back together again. God looked at your soul and says, I have the desire. I have the want to. I have the know-how, and I can do it, and I will do it. That's what he's doing to your soul. He heals the broken in heart know this word bruised means broken by calamity broken by calamity it also means oppressed it's a set of liberty them that are bruised broken by calamity and oppressed and so after we've seen so many things that have happened in so many lives this year that they could describe themselves oppressed mentally broken by calamity because of all the different calamities this year has brought but there's a good shepherd who can set them at liberty who can reverse the effects of the oppression reverse the effects of the calamity where you still remember it, it happened but that pain that you used to carry is not there anymore you remember the incident but it has no more domination over your life and your feelings you remember what happened but it can't control you any longer that's freedom. I'm not just talking about moving past something and say, okay, I've gotten past it, but it's still, the pain still directs me. The pain still tells me what to do. So I'm not following my shepherd. I'm following my pain and I'm following my defensive protocol to make sure I'm not hurt again. But no, I'm following my shepherd and he can heal my heart and deliver me from the pain so I can step out in faith again. I can believe God again. I can believe that not everybody's out to get me. I believe that something good is going to happen to me today. I believe I can expect in miracles. I believe Believe God's best is yet in front of me because He has something He's done on the inside of me. He's done something in my heart. He's done something in my soul, and so now I can follow Him without fear. Because what He's doing in my soul set us free from oppression, set us free from being broken by calamity, put in our soul and our heart back together again. Go to Psalm 42, verse 11. You have a good shepherd. Psalm 42, verse 11. Thank you, Lord, for being our good shepherd. At this verse right before Thanksgiving, it says, Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. We talk about what it means to give God a yet praise. We talk about how present, how help comes from the presence of God. But do you know something interesting about this word cast? Cast is also an old English word that is describing a condition of the sheep an old English word that means a sheep turned over on its back that cannot get up again by itself. The word cast describes a sheep that has been turned over on its back that cannot get back up again by itself. And you have to imagine how dangerous that is for a sheep to be like that. Sheep are already kind of defenseless, but on its back, legs kicking in the air, Easy prey for wolves, bears, and lions. Easy prey for the elements. Think about if it's super hot. They can't escape the heat. They can't get to the shade. They can't get to water. Imagine if it's cold and the wool can't protect them. That is a very defenseless position. And sometimes we find ourselves that way. Falling and can't get up flipped upside down life is upside down you seem vulnerable to everything around you but see that's why want the, sh- the shepherd takes such good care of his sheep he watches because he knows there's a time they could flip themselves upside down they could wander off and do something stupid and end up flipped upside down and so the shepherd's always watching so he can always flip them right by side up go to psalm 3 So no matter where you find yourself today, the condition of your heart, the condition of your soul, you have a shepherd that can put you right back side up. Psalm 3. Lord, how they are increased that trouble me. Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which saith my soul, There is no help for him in God. They look at your life, they look at your condition, you flipped upside down, your soul is broken into many pieces and shivers, and all it seems like all life has broken out against you and all have forsaken you. People are like, There is no help for him, even in God. Then it says, Selah, which means pause and think about that. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. So although I might find myself flips upside down, he'll put me right side back up. Even though I may be down because of what's going on all around me, he will lift my head. So that means my good shepherd is making sure I don't live like this. He's lifting your head up today. So that's one of the things the Word of God does, the Spirit of God does. It lifts your head up. This is what He's doing in you right now, lifting your head up, putting you right backside up. doesn't matter what you've been through, what you've encountered. You still have a good shepherd that even when life happens, He can lead you out. He's lifting your head up. Hope thou in God have only positive expectations. Expect miracles every single day not because you did everything's right, because Jesus did. And you can have faith in his goodness and his plan for you. Let's go back to Psalm 23. He's restoring your soul. He's flipping us back up, right side up again. He's lifting your head. This lets us know that our outlook on life should not be decided by our surroundings. Our outlook on life should not be dictated by the circumstances we find ourselves in. Our look on life has to be determined by the ministry of our shepherd, by his faithfulness, by his goodness, and what he said in his word. We look through the lens of the faithfulness of our God to view life. Because one of the things we learn about God in this book is he is a covenant keeping God. He is a promises made, promises kept God. And so, although there's a whole bunch of things going on around you, if you look at life through the lens of my God keeps his covenant and he has a covenant with me, God keeps his promises and he has promises for me. You look at life through that way, although, yeah, if I didn't have my covenant glasses on, that would look like a mess. But because I look at life, Through the goodness of God, through the faithfulness of God, through the mercy of God, through his covenant, I can handle it. Because I'm not in this by myself. I have a God, and he has me. I have a God, and my God has a character. That's how I have to look at life. That's how you have to look at life. But no matter what comes your way, you have a God, and he has you. You have a good shepherd. Psalm 23 verse 3, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leads you. He restores your soul. He leads you and he restores your soul. And so before we get to the second definite lead, I want to remind you some things that the Lord told us last week at the end of the experience through the utterance of gifts of tongues and interpretation of tongues. He talked about things he's doing in us in December. A few of the things he said, he said, I'm restoring your desire to live. He also said, I'm restoring your desire to step out there and go further with me. Then he said, I'm restoring your sense of adventure so that you'll step out in faith and believe me for the impossible. So that you'll step out in faith And believe me for the things the rest of humanity won't even dare to believe me for. That's what he's doing on the inside of you right now. That's part of the restoration of your soul. That's what I've been praying for you all this week long. This is what the Holy Ghost said he was doing, and so I take up that position in prayer. God, I believe you to do that for the faith family. He's restoring you so that when you start 2021, you're not having all the holdups you had in 2020 and 2019, 2018, 2017, 2016, the rest of your life. But you step out in faith believing God he leads you now this word leadeth here means to lead, to guide, to lead forth it's even used as a general leads forth an army means to lead, guide, and lead forth he leads me in the paths or the tracks of righteousness for his namesake so he'll lead me and guide me down the way I should go so let's go to Psalm 7852 real quick Psalm 78:52, Say, he leads me. Psalm 78, verse 52. We've looked at the scripture a number of times in the last month or so. Psalm 78, verse 52. We know this is talking about how God led the children of Israel out of Egypt, but made his own people to go forth like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. And he led them on safely so they feared not, For the sea overwhelmed their enemies. So we look at how God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt through the wilderness to the promised land. We see an example of the ministry of the shepherd. So let's look at how God led them during that time, in that little bit over 40 years. Go to Numbers chapter 9. Numbers chapter 9. Numbers chapter 9, verse 15. And on the day that the tabernacle of the tent was reared up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, namely the tent of testimony. And at evening there was upon the tabernacle, as it were, the appearance of fire until the morning. So it was always the cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. And when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after the children of Israel journeyed, and in the place where the cloud abode, there the children of Israel pitched their tents. At the commandment of the Lord, the children of Israel journeyed, and at the commandment of the Lord they pitched. As long as the cloud abode upon the tabernacle, they rested in their tents. And when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle many days, then the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and journeyed not. And so it was when the cloud was a few days upon the tabernacle according to the commandment of the Lord, they abode in their tents, and according to the commandment of the Lord they journeyed. And so it was when the cloud abode from even unto morning, and that the cloud was taken up in the morning. Then they journeyed, whether it was by day or by night, that the cloud was taken up, they journeyed, or whether it was two days, or a month, or a year, that the cloud tarried upon the tabernacle, remaining thereon, the children of Israel abode in their tents, and journeyed not. But when it was taken up, they journeyed. At the commandment of the Lord, they rested in the tents, and at the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the commandment of the Lord by the hand of Moses." So this is telling you how they journeyed through the wilderness to the promised land. Go to Nehemiah chapter nine. Hundreds of years later, after this time is ending, they're still recounting the marvel of that time. Nehemiah chapter nine. Nehemiah chapter nine, verse 12. Because moreover, you led them in the day by cloudy pillar and in the night by a pillar of fire, to give them light in the way wherein they should go. Verse 19, Yet you in your manifold mercies forsook them not in the wilderness. The pillar of cloud departed not from them by day, to lead them in the way, neither the pillar of fire by night, to show them the light and the way wherein they should go. So, like it said in Numbers, if the pillar of fire or the pillar of cloud was over the tent they stayed in place. But once the cloud moved they moved. Once the pillar moved they moved. If the pillars stay put they stay put. If it stayed put for two days they stay put for two days. If it stayed put for a month they stay put for a month. If it stay put for a year they stay put for a year. What do they do? They followed the pillar. They followed the cloud. They followed the fire. And notice Nehemiah says, out of your manifold mercies, you didn't forsake them, but you kept leading them. Now, when you read the story of the Israelites in the wilderness, they didn't always do what's right. They did some hot mess things, but he still led them. Out of his manifold mercies, he didn't forsake them. He kept leading them and leading them under an old covenant of people that weren't washed in the blood, a people that didn't have the new covenant, a people who didn't in mass have the Holy Ghost upon, and none of them have the Holy Ghost within, were led by God every single day. So if God could do it and would do it under the old covenant, what do you think he'll do for you under this new covenant that has better promises? That's what Hebrew says. The new covenant has all the good things of the old plus all the good things of the new. What makes a $20 bill better than the 10? It has the 10 in it. The new covenant has all the good things of the old plus all the good things of the new. And so although in the old covenant there was a pillar of cloud, they would follow by day, pillar of fire by night. When the cloud moved, they moved. When it sat down, they sat down. That pillar of cloud, that pillar of fire has moved on the inside of the heart of every single believer. Jesus said, Father, the glory that you gave me, I've given them. And we see the Father's glory on display all throughout the Old Testament. And that was on and in the life of the ministry of Jesus. And Jesus took that glory and gave it to you. You read through the New Testament how the light of the glory of God has shined on the inside of you. How Christ in you is your hope of glory. The glory of God is on the inside of you. Say, the glory of God is in me. That pillar of fire, that pillar of cloud was the glory of God. And from that glory, God would speak and give direction and give instruction. And so now that glory is on the inside of you. And so, if God would lead people through his glory in the old covenant, he's still leading people through his glory in the new covenant. He's speaking in your heart right now. The glory of God is within you, he's leading you from within. Romans 8.14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of glory himself is leading you. We talked about last week how the primary way God leads us is through his word. So we need to be people of the book. Number two is through the inward witness. What is the inward witness? We talked about how it says in Colossians, how let the peace of God, that passes all understanding, guards your heart and mind. It tells us that in another scripture, but it all says the peace of God. Let it act like an umpire in your heart, deciding what stays and what goes. And so the peace of God is not even necessarily a voice. The inward witness is not necessarily a voice. You know, some people say, oh, it's an intuition. It's a knowing. Yes, yeah, the leading of God with the inside. We've all experienced it. You know, a lot of us are familiar with the opposite side, that we had this warning in our heart that's like, "Uh uh-uh, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, and we did it anyways. Oh, man, something told me not to do that. Anybody had that before? That's not a something. It's a someone. His name is Holy Spirit. Inward witness. You see, in Paul's life, Paul said, I perceive that this ship and this trip is going to be of great harm to us as well as everything that's on this boat. He didn't say, well, God told me, or Jesus appeared to me, or an angel appeared to me. All those things happened to Paul. He said, I perceive what he picked up on the inside of his spirit that something ahead is not right. It is a sensing, is a knowing on the inside. It's how the, the number one way outside the word of God, the Holy Spirit leads you. It's on the inside. So what does that mean? You need to listen to the inside. You need to take time every day and listen. What is he leading me to do? And a lot of times, because we're so used to just moving quickly and doing things, we kind of override it. But if you have the sense that you're making a decision, and it does a right pause, slow down. Whoa, Nelly, stop! If you have the sense on the inside that it's not right, stop, pause, get clarity on how you should move forward. See, the thing is, we always try to—you know—one of the things in this culture, we're rushing everywhere. We're rushing everywhere. We're rushing everywhere even though we're sheltering in place and you can't go many places, we're still rushing to go nowhere. And so in our busyness, and in our rushing, sometimes we rush past the leading of God. And we have to learn to slow ourselves down and listen to the direction of our shepherd. As we looked at last week, it says in Proverbs, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Their spirit is like a flashlight. It's like the light app on your phone. God directs you and leads you through your spirit. Psalm says he will, enlight, he will light your candle. He will enlighten your darkness. He will lead you through your spirit. That is the most prim, common way God will lead you. And then one of the things you also learn study of your scripture, your spirit has a voice. You can call it the still small voice. On the inside, your spirit will pick up what the Holy Spirit is saying. Why? According to 1 Corinthians 6, you are one spirit with the Lord. The Holy Spirit lives within you. You're joined with him. And so your spirit will pick up what the Holy Spirit is doing and will talk to your mind. And if you listen, you can follow your spirit because your spirit is a safe guide if you've been born again. Your spirit has been washed in the blood. You can follow the leading of the Spirit of God. Then also there's another way God speaks to us. It is called the voice of the Holy Ghost. And the difference of the voice of your spirit and the voice of the Holy Ghost, the voice of the Holy Ghost is more authoritative. When you hear it, you might jump. Whoa. You might look around. Who said that? He knows how to grab your attention. It's the authoritative voice of the Spirit of God. So these are the common ways you'll hear from God and lead from God, that if you actually pay attention, there's so many other ways he speaks, but the most common ways are the word of God, the inward witness, the voice of your spirit, and the voice of the Holy Ghost. When you see in the book of Acts, where it says the Holy Ghost said, the Spirit of God bade me, that's he's saying the Spirit of God said this to us. And he wasn't speaking to the apostles because he liked them better than you. He didn't play favors. So well, I'll talk to Peter, but I ain't going to talk to you. No, nope, I'll talk to you. Mm, I don't like you. I'll talk to you. Mm, I don't like you. Mm, you look like Judas. I ain't going to talk to you. No, he doesn't do that. If we open ourselves up, we're all here as leading. We're all here as guidance because he's still our good shepherd. See, that's why you don't have to be jealous of any other believer if they seem to be advancing in one area and you're going slower, you have the same access to the Father. You have the same Father. You have the same shepherd. He's leading you as well. Remember John 10, 27 said, my sheep know my voice. So stop telling yourself you don't know God's voice. Stop. You say you don't know God's voice and Jesus said you do. I pick Jesus over you. If Jesus said you can hear his voice, I believe him. If he said you know his voice, I pick him. Well, what happens is we trick ourselves out of hearing from God. We keep saying, oh, God doesn't want to talk to me. Oh, I can't hear God talk. Oh, I can't hear God talk. He's trying to talk to you, and you're talking over him. So I can't hear God talk, and God is talking to you. And He's like, I just can't hear him. La, 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 I can't hear him. And he's talking to you. So one, stop telling yourself you can't hear his voice. You can hear his voice. I can hear the voice of my shepherd. I know his voice and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. So first, stop telling yourself you can't. He is speaking to you. You just got to slow down and listen. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will talk to you. Don't let people tell you you're crazy because God talks to you. You know, one of the things, yes, some people who believe in a whole bunch of stuff, they say, oh, yes, of course, a lot of things talk. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the people who even may wear a Christian moniker and have Christian culture and say, oh, no, God doesn't talk to everybody. Yeah, he does. You say, oh, God talks to you because you're a pastor. He talked to me before I was a pastor. Y'all better hope God talks to the pastor. But he doesn't talk to me because I'm a pastor. He talks to me because I'm his kid. He talks to me because I'm part of his sheepfold. He's my shepherd. It's not because I'm a pastor he talks to me. He talks to me because I'm his. He talks to you for the same reason. So don't listen to reason that says God won't talk to you. I said, so, well, God won't talk to me because I did something stupid. You, read through the Bible. Look at how many people he talked to after they did something stupid. Oh, God doesn't talk to stupid people. You need to read the Bible a little bit more. Oh, God doesn't talk to people who do stupid things. Read the Bible some more. God doesn't talk to sinners. Read the Bible some more. Yes, he does. He said, oh, I sinned so I can't hear God's voice. Said who? Adam and Eve sinned, full-blown sinners. Sin, death, had entered into the world, and they could still hear God talk in full-blown sentences. If Adam and Eve could, I think you can too. Say, I can hear the voice of my shepherd. Say, I will follow the voice of my shepherd. You see, one of the most important things you can do right now is learn how to follow his voice. Learn how to follow the direction of the Spirit of God. Remember, it says in Proverbs, acknowledge him and he'll direct you in all your paths and all your ways. So you talk to him about stuff. Sometimes we don't hear responses because we don't ask. So ask. You know, sometimes, you know, I've had this before, you know, planning, it seems good. It's not against the word of God. It seems like, you know, something that's a good idea to do, and I'm planning to do it. And sometimes he just has to get my attention. You know, one time something I was planning to do last year, he said, well, are you going to even ask me about that? I'm like, Oh, I thought I did. Oh, excuse me. sir. should I do it? No. Oh, okay. I'm glad he got my attention. Because if I went through my planning, nothing bad would happen, but I would have wasted a lot of time and energy. It wouldn't have been bad. It wouldn't have been any anything calamitous or catastrophic. But I would have wasted some time and energy. And I'm so glad I listened. He didn't tell me why I should have do it. But now, at the end of this year, looking back, I'm so glad I did. So sometimes you just had questions. Should I do this? Should I go there? Should I eat at this place? Shall I make this business deal? Shall I consider this? Talk to him. So, well, what if he doesn't respond? What if he has no specific direction? Then do what you want to do. And you know, that's a good practice to say, well, what color shirt should I wear today, God? And sometimes they'll tell you. Other times, well, oh, he didn't speak to me. Do I need to fast for 30 days? No, pick your own shirt. Keep moving. Acknowledge him. There's some things he leaves for you to choose. He does have opinions about a lot of things, but other things So, what do you want? Notice through the Gospels how people will come to Jesus and Jesus said, well, what do you want? So there's times God will tell you stuff to do, and other times he'll like, say, you pick. And what do you do as you pick? You just sense on the inside for peace. Is this right? Uh, peace, yeah, have peace with that, yeah. You may have peace with several options, which means it's up to you. How do you want to do it? What do you want it to look like? It's up to you. But you get to that point when you learn how to follow peace. And you make it a habit to check in with the Spirit of God. Let's go to Psalm 23, verse 4 and end here. Psalm 23, verse 4. So what we just saw in verse three, he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Walk through, not build a resort. Because you know, if you've ever met someone that's like, well, I'm going through a year later. Well, I'm going through three years later. I'm going through. When are you going to get out, bro? God hasn't called you to live in the valley. Especially if you put yourself in the valley. But there are times when God will lead you through the valley and lead you to the valley. One of the things we'll talk about in the next couple of weeks, he will lead you to a fight. He will lead you to a battlefield. But he leads you to it, he'll lead you through it, and you will win. And so we just talk about he leads me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. sake, yea, though I walk through. So that means I'm following him. And as I'm following, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Number one, when's the last time my shadow hurt you? This is not Peter Pan. The shadow can't affect you. It may affect the atmosphere around you and the surroundings may not look as cheery or positive, but if he's leading you through the valley of the shadow of death, there is a purpose. There's someone on the other side of your obedience. He's leading you through there for a purpose. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil say so i will fear no evil so that means in the valley there's some evil things come on in the valley there's some enemies in the valley there's some stuff that i probably don't want to see if that if i could pick my path i wouldn't walk through this valley and for some people 2020 has been covered in the valley of the shadow of death and look, I'm walking through the season, so how can he say, I will not fear? Don't you see what's in the valley? Come on, it's dark. Don't you see those eyes peering at me through the dark? I don't even know what that is, but that looks creepy. Come on, that's all i together. That's creepy. Come on, I don't even know how to defend myself from what I can't see. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. My shepherd is bigger than anything in the valley my shepherd is stronger than anything in the valley my shepherd is the almighty god the all-powerful god he's leading me he's guiding me so if i'm in the valley and it's dark my shepherd's bigger because the thing is about the shepherd going through the valley yes he is light but so are you didn't you say that you are the light of the world he said, The light of the glory of God has shined forth in your heart. So maybe you will walk through the valley of shadow death because there's somebody sitting in darkness that needs to see your light. Then we look at Matthew chapter 4, it's talking about the land of Zebulun, saw a great life because Jesus moved his headquarters to Capernaum, and people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light and rose out of their darkness because of the light of where Jesus moved. So maybe you walk through the valley of the shadow of death because it's not really about you, but it's about somebody else because there's somebody on the other side of obedience. Someone needs to see the light of Jesus through you. So yes, you're walking through a dark time. He's with you. He's got you, but somebody's going to follow you out of the valley that you're just so focused on everything around you you don't realize who's already following you somebody's on the other side of your obedience i will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they come from me you know we think okay cool shepherd rod staff but we skip over it and so i was reading this book and it was talking about it's written by a shepherd who one day became a pastor and so he have he has these wonderful analogies show what the scripture was meaning here the rod here was the weapon of the shepherd it represented his authority it represented his power it represented his protection ability the rod was the weapon of the shepherd and so what could the shepherd do with the rod a skilled shepherd could take the rod like it was a javelin like it was a spear and it could throw it and with that rod it could pierce the lion the bear the wolf. With that rod in their hand, they could strike a serpent. That rod was the weapon that they used to protect the sheep. And also, that rod was also used to discipline the sheep. Oh, the shepherd hit the sheep with the rod? No. So if you had a wandering sheep, like we all wander, the shepherd would take the rod and throw it near the sheep to let them know they have reached the boundary. And so they would turn. Kind of like how when we're about to do something stupid and all of a sudden a scripture reminds us what we're about to do is stupid. What is that? The rod of our shepherd. So the rod is also the word of God. But it's also his power. Because when you think about Moses, when God was using Moses, Moses was a shepherd at that time when he was 80. God told him, Moses, what's in your hand? He said, a rod, put that forth. And he says, through this rod, you'll do my wonders. And didn't we see through Moses' rod and his faith in God how the power of God fell on Egypt and how miracles were done in the wilderness. So although you may be going through the valley of the shadow of death, remember the power of your God. Remember the power of the Almighty God. He can use it to protect you. He can use it to deliver you, and he can use it to handle anything else in the valley. And you've been given a right to use that authority. You've been given a right to use that power, Why? He's giving you the right to use the name of Jesus. You have the legal right to use that name. You've been authorized and deputized to use the name of Jesus. So something in the valley shows up you don't like. What do you say? In the name of Jesus. Back up. I bind you in the name of Jesus. Get out of my way. You have access to all the power of the Almighty God because he gave you the name of Jesus. And at that name, every knee must bow. Every tongue must confess that Jesus is the Lord. Every authority must bow to that authority. Every name must bow to that name. And you have the right to use that name. That name unleashes the power of your shepherd. So there's something in your life you don't like. Talk back. In the name of Jesus, No. In the name of Jesus, now it's not going to happen. I bind you in the name. Oh, it's going to be a dark winter. Not in my house. Oh, not in my church. In the name of Jesus, I said no. Oh, you know, everybody's going to lose some money. No, no, not in my house. I refuse to let the news dictate my life. I refuse to let politicians dictate my life. I refuse to let circumstances and situations dictate my life. In the name of Jesus, what my shepherd says, go. What he says, I say. And I enforce it with that name. Didn't we see in the book of Acts that faith in that name made that man whole? So there's healing in the name. See, all the covenant promises are in the name of Jesus. You can reach in that name and get what you need. You have access to it. To the powerful weapon of your shepherd to defend you. Your staff. The staff, as a rod was a weapon, although it was a weapon, represented authority, power, protection and even discipline. The staff was used for the care and the concern of the sheep. The staff was carefully crafted for the care and the concern of the sheep. It was used to bring them back on the right path, to help them flip back over. It would use for their protection. Even if there was a sheep that was closer to the shepherd and the sheep wanted that personal contact because it was like a pet of the shepherd or a friend of the shepherd, that the sheep would walk next to that staff. It was the connection they needed from the shepherd. And so he's saying that through your care and through your power, I'm comforted even in the valley. Through his word and through his spirit, we can be comforted even in the valley of the shadow of death. Because if you're comforted, that means although you know you're in the valley, you're not really paying attention to the valley. Your focus is on your shepherd. You're more in awe of your shepherd than you are with the problems. You're more in awe of your shepherd than all the strange things in the valley. So keep your eyes on your shepherd. He will lead you through the valley for a purpose. So you may not like the situational circumstance you find yourself in. Don't build a resort. You ain't staying there. Just keep following your shepherd. And remember, you're the light in the valley. So of course, the things in the darkness are going to look at you strange. Bright light affects gremlins. Y'all remember that movie? So keep walking through the valley. Keep your faith in your shepherd. Faith in his power to deliver you, faith in his power to protect you, faith in his power to comfort you, faith in his power to get you through the season and lead you to the place you were called to be. He will lead you as a shepherd to places of rest, places of provision, places of restoration, but he'll also lead you to the battlefield as we'll look at in the next couple weeks. And you know what happens if you follow the shepherd to the battlefield? You get the spoils of war. Sometimes your restoration is in the spoils of war. And then the thing is, when you look at the scripture, we'll probably look at it over the next couple weeks, not we'll look at it in January, when we look at the story in 2 Chronicles 20 of the three armies that gathered together to take on the people of God. Some reason, they brought all their money with them. You don't bring all your money to battle, all your gold and your jewels to battle, but they had came in one mind to attack God's people. And for whatever reason, they brought their money. And so when they lost the battle, the people of God got all this stuff. So if he leads you to a battle, which he will, I'm telling you, he is going to lead you to some battles in 2021. But he told us in November, what do we say about 2021? I've already won. So don't be surprised by the battles he leads you to. Just know you win. And just know on the other side are some good spoils of war. He will lead you to some battles. Don't be afraid of the battle. Don't be afraid of the valley. Remember the person who's writing this psalm is David. He knew about some battles. Some battles God led him to. Some battles he picked for himself. So make sure you pick the right battles if you pick it. But you remember Goliath? That was a battle David picked. David didn't go to that battlefield to fight. He was Uber. He was dropping off food. He was Uber Eats for his brothers and for the captain. He did not go to fight. He was a shepherd boy now doing a double job as Uber Eats. He gets there dropping off the food, and this nine-foot-tall brother is intimidating an entire army. He's been doing it for 40 days, and everybody's afraid. Saul's also supposed to be fighting him because Saul's the tallest one in Israel, and Saul's way back in his tent, and I ain't doing that. And so he hears this guy talking, and, you know, nobody's going to fight him. You know, he's, he's about 17 at this time. But why is anybody fighting this dude? And they start talking about Did you hear what the king said? Well, what did the king said? He said, well, if anybody fights the Goliath and wins, he'll make him rich. They were like, oh, that sounds good. He'll make them tax free. That sounds even better. And you get to marry a princess. David's like, I've been with the sheep way too long time to go. Because he begins to ask around, says, Is this true? So David fights Goliath for the sake of the reward. Because he says, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? What are saying? Who is this brother with no covenant? I have a covenant. And now he has trespassed because he's messing with the people of God. I can handle it. So he starts talking big and bad. And so I was like, well, who is this dude? And he sees David. He's like, you can't fight him. You're a teenager. He's been killing people since you was a teenager. And what are you going to do? But then David recounts his history with God. You have to learn how to recount your history with God. He said, when I was, I'm a shepherd. A bear stole a sheep from my field. And I went and got it from his mouth. And I killed the bear with my bare hands. I did the same thing to a lion. This giant is going to be the same way. So Saul's like, well, well, at least wear my armor. And he says, I can't fit it. He's like, well, the Lord be with you. Saul got real spiritual. May the force be with you. The Lord be with you. All right, hope it works. So David goes out to battle with five smooth stones. He's like, well, do you think he had bad aim? No, From some scholars believe Goliath had four brothers. And David said, we can make this a family affair today. David didn't even have a sword. But he took down the giant with one shot. One of the things you'll learn will emphasize in January, don't run at your giant with your mouth closed. Don't fight with your mouth closed. David spoke faith. He spoke the word. And that faith accelerated that stone and it sunk in the giant's head. Can you imagine the gasp from both sides when Goliath fell? No one but David saw that coming. Now to finish the job, David had to get a sword, so he took the enemy's sword. The sword that had been crafted in the camp of the enemy to oppress the people of God. All the years, all the time that went for the oppression of the people got at one moment because of one man's faith turned to be a weapon of deliverance. See, the thing is, yes, you may have gone through some things in the valley. You may have experienced some things, And there's a lot of things Satan has weaponized to harm you. But faith in your shepherd can turn every single thing Satan meant to harm you and turn it for your good. So where you're like Joseph, yeah, you meant evil for me, but God turned it to good. You're like Joseph, you rename your pain. You're like David, you pick up that sword and you defeat your enemy. So although you may have gone through some things this year or in your past you have a good shepherd who can turn it around and cause it to be for your victory, to cause everything you experience to turn into a year of unprecedented victory. One of the things he told me when I was praying a few weeks ago about this, and this came up in my heart, I don't even think I was praying about 2021. He said, long fought and hard fought battles will end in victory in 2021. Long fought, hard fought battles Will end in victory in 2021. And the more I think about it and meditate on it, it's not just things that you've been fighting in your lifetime. It's even some things your family's been fighting for some generations. That it seems it hasn't been a victory passed down. It's like a fight. Your mama fought it, your grandma fought it, your great grandma fought it, your great great grandpa fought it, and it's like, oh, it's your job to fight it too. Yeah, fight and win. Long fought, hard fought battles. Are ending in victory in 2021. So I know what I expect next year. Victory. Unprecedented victory in every area of my life. Things I didn't even realize were a battle, because I thought it was part of like, you know, I'm gonna win there, I'm gonna win there, I'm gonna get I'm gonna win there. I might even have to go get that Charlie Sheen meme again and say, winning, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna win. So now you have a good shepherd, and that he has victory. I'll cut it off here stand to your feet praise our God praise our God for thank you for being such a good shepherd oh father we thank you that you are a shepherd we thank you that restoration is what you have on your mind for us we thank you for what you're doing for us this month we thank you even in advance for the year of unprecedented victory We thank you for the year of winning and victory. We thank you that you always cause us a triumph. We thank you that you always give us the victory. We thank you that your banner over us is love. We thank you that you cause us to break out on the left hand and on the right hand, that you are the God of the breakthrough. So help us to be focused on you and not the valley. Help us to be focused on you and what's not in the valley. Thanks for watching today. We hope today's message was a blessing to you that empowered you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Hey, if you want to be a part of what God's doing here at Faith, you know our vision statement is to ignite awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. And we'd love for you to be a part. You can find out our different experience times and our different locations by going to FCCGA.com. If you want to give, you can text FCCGA to 73256. You can also go to FCCGA.com to give online and be a part of what God's doing here. We'd love to see you anytime you're in our area. We believe God has something good just for you. And anytime you come to our faith experience, we believe you will experience God and His plan for your life. So thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.